Chris Tire Information Whiskey, 2153 Zulu. Wind, 0605. Zero, Seriously, it's Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Hazardous weather information from Minnesota available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast. Connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What is going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. So happy you're able to join us. On this episode, all you sim pilots out there, get ready to rock your wings as we talk about SimVenture 2022 with Kevin Meyer from Pilot Edge. And as always, news, information, and events from around the region with some friendly hangar talk along the way. So strap in and let's take off into this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flying Midwest Podcast. I'm Maddie, and I'm here with my co-host, Jim. Hey, Maddie. And Trevor. What's up? Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Good stuff. I got some flying in last weekend, so I can't complain too much. I did, too. Shocking how that works. I actually flew, too. Can you believe it? What is the idea? Me flying? It never happens. (laughs) When did that happen? That happened last week, actually almost to the day. I flew last Wednesday. I had my first ever CFI interview. Which involved the flying portion of the interview, it sounds like. Yes, I did fly for said interview. I also taught and did other things, but yes. And I flew at an unfamiliar airport in an unfamiliar plane with unfamiliar avionics. It was mildly terrifying, but it was fun. (laughs) And it was in your favorite kind of plane, a, a nice high wing Cessna, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was a little underpowered. It's 172. It was great. Did you have to <laughs> seek any type of therapy afterwards? Because I know how you feel about Cessnas. I general. cried a lot. And then I drove <laughs> home, which was like 10 hours. Oh, yeah, Maddie, you might You might yeah. not want to say that because is Kansas kind of in the Midwest? Kansas is actually in the Midwest. And is there a chance that your new employer could be listening to you? Gee, I freaking hope not, but I hope to hear tomorrow or the next day. So hopefully the podcast won't come out until I have the job, if I get the job. And we're really can, not that big of a deal. No, we're not, but it is on my resume. So oh, well, we now, can, now we're screwed. Well, you're screwed. <laughs> I'm screwed. I'll just be sad at you guys. You know, it's probably what's taking them so long. They're reviewing our, our old episodes to see what you talked about, to see if you're really worth the, the chance. Good grief. Is, is this worth the risk? <laughs> That's fair. Trevor, yes. you've been doing all kinds of renting at different airplanes, trying to work on stuff. What are you up to? So I flew twice in a uh, traveler. Okay. Um, got one more flight before my check ride, my multi-commercial. Wow. Finally, after a long saga. So you said you're one flight away from doing a check ride. Do you have something set up down there already or not? No, because I need to find out what my, what my schedule is. I'm trying to figure out if I go this week and do my check ride or if I wait till the, follow, the end of following next week, do my check ride. Oh, sure. Hey, do you guys have some news you want to read? No. Could you anyways? Well, I guess there's a couple. <laughs> yeah, sure. We start off in uh, Minnesota, Little Falls. Uh, Young Eagle flights spread joy of aviation. Now, for those of you that don't really know, Young Eagles is a very good program that, that introduces young kids, really, to the spirit of aviation and trying to get them hooked on flying and allowing them the, uh, the opportunity to spread their wings. So Little Falls Morrison County Municipal Airport hosted the Young Eagles event. Their ages range from, from 8 to 17, and they are tra- able to take a trip up in an airplane with the pilots from the Lakes Area Aviation Flight School, which operates out of Little Falls. 
as well as the uh, the EA Chapter 551. Jake Heffron said, you know, he's one of the pilots there, uh, said it's just fun for the kids. Uh, we anticipate about 80 to 100 kids in three hours this morning. I think I have 10 aircraft this morning. Everybody here is to volunteer. The Young Eagles event is such a great community outreach program that allows a lot of young kids to kind of get a hold of that that spirit of aviation and hopefully in the next next couple of years it'll help foster the uh the advent of the next generation of pilots to really help with this aviation this pilot shortage that we have kudos to morrison county airport it's sad week in aviation we all know that air shows are dangerous and the pilots who perform in them are taking a big risk unfortunately earlier this week chris darnell uh passed away when he drove the truck Shockwave, which has, um, which is equipped with three jet engines, performing in an air show at Battle Creek, Michigan. Unfortunately, something happened. We're not still not sure exactly what happened, but there was a catastrophic failure of some form, and the truck going at very high speeds ended up crashing with uh, Darnell, unfortunately, inside. So, our our thoughts are definitely with his family and with the team that he was performing with. So the airshow community is a very tight-knit community, as is evident by the number of social media posts from different performers and teams that have sent out their heartfelt condolences to uh, the family and team of Chris. And certainly we share that same sentiment here on our podcast. So yeah, our thoughts and prayers go out to Chris and his family and the entire Shockwave team. Hey, Jim. Maddie. Do we have anything fun going on around in the region? No, not really. Oh. Well, I guess we're not doing that's, events then. That's not the answer you were looking for. I got some events for you. You ready? Oh, I'm, I've never been readier in my life. Well, good. Because here it comes. Uh, first one we'll talk about, July 16th, between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m., we've got the 2022 Food Truck Fly-In at the Norwalk Huron County Airport in Norwalk, Ohio. I really hope I'm saying that right. So the event will include local food trucks. They'll also have fly-in from their Mercy Health Life Flight Helicopter. They'll be on display during the event. And as we always love to see, free flights for kids eight to seven through the Young Eagle program. So the airport identifier for that airport is 5Alpha1. If you want to check that out, we'll post a link to their Facebook event within the show notes. Next up, the Duluth Air and Aviation Expo presented by Essentia Health, July 16th and 17th, 2022. That will be hosted at the Duluth Airport in Duluth, Minnesota. You can expect performers such as the United States Air Force Thunderbirds. There will be B-52 flybys, KC-135 demo, as well as a number of other um, great demonstrations and performances. And one thing that I would be looking for, on static display is an aircraft that I particularly like from when I was in the Air Force, just because it's so cool looking. The B-1B Lancer will be there on static display. So you can check out more information on that event Again, on their website, DuluthAirShow.com. You can't just wait for something to do until Oshkosh Air Venture. Go ahead and check out the Wings Over Whiteside event occurring July 22nd and 24th. So the weekend directly in front of Oshkosh. They call it their warm-up weekend for the EAA Air Venture. They'll feature performers such as Patty Wagstaff, maybe you've heard of her, the Full Throttle Formation Team, as well as a number of other air show performers. This is going to take place in Whiteside, Illinois, more information on their website, wingsoverwhiteside.com. Next up, that same weekend in Minnesota, Wings of the North will be taking place once again at the Flying Cloud Airport in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Hours of the event will be Saturday, 9 to 5, and Sunday, 9 to 4. They have tickets online at wotn.org forward slash air expo. They will have a number of different aircraft on display, including um, some Warbird-type aircraft, a C-130 from the 133rd Airlift Wing in Minnesota, the Minnesota State Patrol and their air rescue team, and a variety of other aircraft for you to check out. Last up, it's a busy weekend on July 23rd, the Milwaukee Air and Water Show. This event's going to feature the United States Navy Blue Angels. It takes place um, in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, right along the lakeshore. They're going to have a number of performances as well. Um, that's going to include not only the Blue Angels, but the United States Air Force F-22 demo team. This event's kind of unique because they also have, because as the name indicates, air and water. There's also a number of um, water performances as well. So they've got like a powerboat formation act. They've got some jet ski demos, some other really fun, interesting, fantastic. I will use only one of those uh, words to describe this. Trick or swimming? Uh, that would be really cool. I think it's synchronized power boats is what it looks like. 
But they also have some cool looking ski teams. So I know this is an aviation podcast, but some of the water stuff might be kind of neat too. So if you are in the Milwaukee area or would like to be in that direction, their info is at um, mkeairwatershow.com. So that's all we've got for events. Really? That's it? That's that's it. Do better next time, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm kidding. Not, I'm I sorry. That was really mean. I don't like your tone tonight. So with the events out of the way, Trevor, what do we got on this episode? So this week we have um, Kevin from Pilot Edge to talk about SimVenture, which is the virtual air venture through Pilot Edge. Oh. Greetings, Kevin. How are you? Doing well. Thanks. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys are really ramping things up with your social media stuff. So it's we're happy to bring you on as well and hopefully get Thank some you. more word out for you. Yeah, that'd be great. Appreciate that. I just have to say before we start off, you guys have phenomenal service. Um, oh, I'm thank you. Not a subscriber currently, but I was a subscriber, I don't know, six months ago before I left on military orders. And yeah, it's just you guys have an awesome service. So keep it up. Fantastic. That's great. Absolutely. That's terrific. Thank you for that. So what we want to do tonight, obviously, is talk about your product, um, the big sim venture event you guys come, have coming mm-hmm. up. But as with every guest, we're going to put you in the hot seat for a minute, and we're going to just throw some fast, rapid-fire questions at you. It's a way for us to warm up, help you get a little acclimated to how we go about our business. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right, question one. Favorite aviation movie or movie quote? Ooh, man. Uh, I think I got to go old-school Top Gun with uh, permission to buzz the tower. No. No. And now, and now you and Trevor aren't friends because he hates towers. Gotta be airplane. Gotta be airplane. This is Trevor. I these know. are his opinions. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question two for you. What's your favorite flight sim program? Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of X Plane Eleven. Um, just for the uh, user friendliness of it, the UI, um, everything is just a little more clean than than FS Twenty Twenty. Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't get, uh, you can't undermine the graphics that, that Microsoft brings these days. But as far as the overall experience, I think X-Plane is still, uh, more reliable and more pleasurable. Question three, what do you consider a must have flight simulator accessory? Um, I, 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 I think would... I should preface that. Obviously you're going to probably want a yoke, a throttle and some pedals. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, so I guess beyond those, um, I would say a, a headset um, for, you know, for the purpose of, of talking to ATC, um, i.e. Pilot Edge. Ooh, good answer. I saw you <laughs> go that. that was pretty good. All right. <laughs> Qu- question four for you. If you could own one plane, what would it be? Oh man, are we we're talking like GA or are we talking anything? Whatever. Ooh, let's you go want. with whatever you want. <laughs> whatever I want. Um oh man, I think uh I I won't go super crazy. I am a big fan of the, the A three fifty, but I'm not gonna go that crazy with it. So uh <laughs> I'm uh the, the the Falcon products are are pretty impressive. The the seven X, the eight X, um there's really not much those things can't do, I suppose, other than you know, some short runway ops that maybe a Kinger could do, but um, yeah, the, the Falcon series is pretty nice. Nice, tall cabin and uh, beautiful airplanes. All right, <laughs> final question for you. And I'm starting to actually really like this question, so it might become an all-the-time feature. Not that you're going to have to worry about that, but other people might. <laughs> um, if there's any aviator that you could meet and have a conversation with, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, man. Um, uh, that's a really tough one. Um. I think I've got to be, uh, I, I got to side with the ATC side again and go Archie Lee, the very first air traffic controller uh, ever. Ooh, how cool. And just kind of see, you know, what uh, what things were like back then when when he was uh, directing airplanes with paddles and and um, just basically visual visual signals to start. And, um, you know, the system in, improved uh, greatly from there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's a good answer. I like that. All right. So now that we got all those really hard questions out of the way, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll dive into the meat and potatoes of the episode here. 
So you work with Pilot Edge. Um, tell mm-hmm. us about yourself and your history or um, origins within aviation. Yeah, so I've been um, I've been flight simming for maybe seventeen years now. Um, got into the uh, you know the the flight sim with ATC stuff maybe I don't know 15, 12, 15 years ago, um, and then you know with with Vatsim initially, and then uh, Pilot Edge was born in uh, exactly well uh, about ten years ago, back in twenty eleven. That's when they launched October of twenty eleven. And so I was, uh, I was in on the ground floor of that I'm, I'm account number seven and I was, um, so I've been there from the start. I've seen it grow. Um, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the owner. Uh, Keith Smith is founder and CEO of pilot edge. And he is, uh, the one who, who birthed the whole thing. He also started with Vatsim and he was kind of, um, the reason really, well, he certainly was the reason that pilot edge came about, but Vatsim was a little bit of his inspiration in a way. Um, he, you know, there's there's no question that Vatsim has a, a great um, uh, a great you know presence in the flight simulator community, but what it's really lacking is the quality of air traffic control and the presence of air traffic control. Um, Vatsim is a hobbyist network where there's really no quality assurance. There's no um, there's no one to you know hold the controllers responsible for both their work that they're doing and their presence. So. Uh, what will happen is you're you're flying along your flight simulator and the controller will will just sign off and you know poof they're gone. Um, you don't get that on Pilot Edge. Pilot Edge is is uh, 15 hours a day, seven days a week. There's a controller there and they are ready to uh, to work you just like you would in the real airplane. And, and additionally, the controllers are all very professionally trained um, to uh, serve as a you know virtual controller for the virtual national airspace system that is the Pilot Edge network. So. Anyways, that's kind of how Pilot Edge became uh, about in, in 2011. Keith Smith saw a, a need for a more professional style of network that would uh, really benefit real-world aviators and also be a benefit to the sim community as well, just the, the people who use flight simulators as, as hobbies. And, and so he, uh, he started out Pilot Edge with, with paid controllers on a schedule and um, just a lot more of a professional side of things. And here we are 10 years later, it's grown um, immensely with, you know, over, I think they're in the 40,000s on the accounts now. And, um, you know, a lot more coverage area, a lot more airports are covered than, than there were back uh, 10 years ago. And now we're doing events, big events like SimVenture as well, which, which uh, help to prepare the real world aviation community and also provide a, a neat simulation experience for I think the that's, hobbyists that's pretty out awesome. there. I mean, I've, your guys's network is mostly based in the Western U S so, you know, Colorado and mm-hmm. West, I, I, I think, like, like I said before, you guys provide a, a huge, really groundbreaking experience for a lot of, for a lot of student pilots because they're first learning how to, you know, talk to tower. They're first learning how to learn their verbiage, you know, and you're not, you're not actually interacting with the, with, with the airspace system, the national airspace system through pilot edge. So it's a great tool. I know just oodles, especially IFR students who really benefit from being able to talk to ACC, especially while you, you can't see, you know, when you're in the middle of things and you're maybe even practicing something like an instrument failure or something like that, being able to talk to an actual like kind of ATC stand in, and be able to communicate those things. I know that really, really helps. Yeah, it's a it's a way to stay proficient from home and and to make your simulation experience uh, very realistic and meaningful. Uh, it, it adding the ATC into the mix, adding the live ATC into into the sim, uh, it, it it introduces a level of accountability with your simulator that you've never seen before. Because there, you all of a sudden you have a reason to hold short of a runway. You have a reason to. Um, follow instructions and, and really brief procedures because you know that if you mess up, someone's going to call you out on it. And um, just uh, just like it would happen in the real airplane. So it really elevates the simulation aspect of, of your sim and it, it allows your home sim to be so much more valuable than before. Do you think that your clientele is, is, is it a mix of like pilots that are trying to improve their communication and just your hobbyists or maybe oh, totally. more so simmers? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think the the majority um, of the clientele are real world pilots, whether they're simul- whether they're student pilots or or licensed pilots, um, or you know maybe instrument students, whatever it might be. But 
uh, there's no question there's a, a solid mix of just sim enthusiasts who are willing to pay the 1995 a month to have um, a more realistic simulator experience and also to have uh, you know that that ATC be guaranteed for them. Um, again, you know, the being able to hop on at any time, 15 hours a day, seven days a week, and know that there's going to be ATC where where you expect them to be. It's it's not a measure. Of, it's not a matter of going around and, and seeking out who's who's on the other side of the radio. You know, there's going to be someone there, and you know they're going to be of quality as well. Um, but I just I, I think that overall, they're the majority are real world pilots, and the reason for that is that the real world pilots are the ones who would reap the most benefit from the $1995 investment per month um, where they're able to stay proficient from their their relatively inexpensive home simulator and not have to pay for fuel and such. Of course, you can't log currency in most sims. Certainly, there are some sims that are of the higher monetary value where you can actually log approaches and things. But you know, proficiency is a safety word. Currency is a, is a legality. And to be able to stay proficient uh, with, you know, call it 20 or 30 minutes a night of just shooting one or two approaches and being able to do that so efficiently because you know ATC is going to be at that airport in your sim. Um, it's totally, you know, it, it pays for itself in no time to be able to stay sharp in the airplane by just doing it from your living room for just a few minutes a night, you know, before between the time you have dinner and the time you got to go to bed. And with gas prices nowadays, I'm sure oh, totally. it's a lot more yeah. attractive to a lot of people. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason that a, a pilot should have to sacrifice proficiency because of fuel prices. Uh, you know, it's it's not you can't put a price on on safety and proficiency. So you know, the ability to to just kind of pay one price a month and you know one very low price a month of twenty bucks and and have unlimited usage for the entire month is is really terrific. Yeah, and realistically, you can't go shoot an approach for twenty bucks in your plane right now. There's no oh, right. chance. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 the time the time value as well. You know, it doesn't matter if you're if you're a billionaire. That you know, the two hundred three hundred dollars of fuel you're going to cost is not. You know, that's not. You don't care about that. But what is valuable is your time, and the sure. fact that it's going to take you. Even if you live, let's say, best case scenario, you live. You know, ten minutes from the airport. I mean, you're going to spend at least two hours between travel time, pre-flight, post-flight, the flight itself. Um, you know, whatever it might be. And, and then, you know, one of these days you'll, you'll encounter a maintenance issue and you can't go flying at all. And you just wasted, you know, a few hours going out to the airport for no reason. And you don't, you know, so time is, time is money, the very cliche statement, but it's true. And so for these people that, you know, don't, the, the, the three to $500 doesn't matter to them. What does still matter is time. And that's what pilot edge can give you. That's awesome. Are there requirements to be met to join pilot edge? No, not really. You just have to be 18 years or older. Um, there is an exception if you're 16 or 17 and you have soloed an airplane in the real world. So if you have a student solo endorsement, uh, you can still sign up if you're 16 or 17 years old, they just require uh, proof of that endorsement. And, um, other than that, you just need a, uh, you know, working internet connection and a flight simulator headset. And you're good to go. How about your ATC services? What kind of qualifications or training do you have those folks go through? You know, a big common question is who are the controllers? So the controllers are a, a mixture of um, a lot of different backgrounds. So you, you, we do have some actual uh, controllers, some former controllers, some student controllers, um, some military controllers, some wannabe controllers, and then also just some hobbyists who, who uh, many of them are pilots or CFIs. Uh, one thing is for certain, and that is that they are professionally trained and you really won't be able to tell who is and who isn't an actual controller for their non-SIM job. And that training process is primarily on the job training. Pilot Edge doesn't take any controller candidates who have zero background. So there is some sort of um, requirement to be had there. They obviously go through an interview process to kind of see where, where those people are at. Uh, Pilot Edge just doesn't really have the resources to teach from the ground up. So they really need you to come in with some sort of background as a controller um, and overall, the process takes about three to six months to get fully certified as a Pilot Edge controller. Pilot Edge knows that that you are uh, you're a paying customer, and you expect a certain level of service. And if you don't get that, you're not going to be happy, and, and you're not going to want to pay. So, like I said, three to six months later, those uh, those guys and gals will be fully certified controllers on the network. It almost makes me want to go and uh, try to get on as a controller. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I think I, could, it I think I could do it. I think I could probably do it. <laughs> Famous last words, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. Right. So is the same fee associated with those controllers as well? No. So the controllers are the employees. So they are oh, okay. the ones the, the pilots are paying for. 
Um, oh, and okay. so, yeah, so the, the controllers are all paid and that's, that's why they can have that level of accountability that, that no other network can offer. Um, they are, you know, it, it is an assigned shift for them to be there. Therefore they will lose their job if they do not show up. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's that sort of that, that's really what differentiates the network, um, from others. And, and that's what allows the controllers to, I should say, allows pilot edge to maintain a certain level of standard for their quality and also allows them to hold them accountable to uh, show up. Yeah, I can see where that's a big difference from say like that sim, like you talked about earlier that, I mean, you have people who can just disconnect if mom says exactly. it's time for dinner. Right, yeah, no, this is, this is, their, this is, their, this is their job. Um, some of them a full-time job, others are part-time job. So it, it really, um, you know, it's, it's a great gig for them though, especially during COVID, they're able to just work from home. Oh, sure, that's, that's yeah. a great point too. So about how many controllers do you have on per that 15 hours? Like uh, it really varies. I mean, I think the team is, is somewhere between 20 and 30 bodies as a whole. Um, and it, every shift uh, is an hour, every scheduled shift. So honestly, it just, it varies between, it, if, you know, who's willing to work how, how long that day. Um, you know, generally because some people are part-time, some are full-time, uh, it's not typical like eight hour shifts. It's really uh, kind of just popcorn shifts as far as, you know, some people work an hour, they take four off, they work another one, they take three off. Um, you know, sometimes trying to fit it in with their other jobs, sometimes just trying to fit it in with their everyday life. So it's really nice and flexible job for these guys and gals. Nice. And how quickly are you guys expanding? I heard you're mostly in the, the West Coast. How, yes. how quickly are you trying so to that expand is our, to our the most, rest of the country? That is the most frequently asked question because oh. everyone is is very. Uh, is Where's very, my airport? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Um, <laughs> so the the short answer is there there are no plans for expansion um, in any short term or even really long term at this point. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that it, they will never expand, um, but you know, there's there's nothing in the works at the moment, and and the reason behind that is that uh, well, first I, I should mention that Keith Smith, founder and CEO. Um, he lives in New Jersey. So, and he has lived in New Jersey for at least the past 15 to 20 years. Um, so to my next point, uh, I think it's, uh, it's a uh, very telling of the value of the point I'm about to make that he lives in New Jersey and the coverage area is the Western half of the United States. And, and that point is that, um, it really doesn't matter where you fly your SIM. Uh, the, the initial, oh man, that's too bad of not being able to fly out of Orlando. Um, if you, you know, live in that area, it's, it, it goes away pretty quickly when you figure out the value of adding ATC into your SIM. Um, now why don't we cover the entire country or even the world? There are two main reasons. Number one is money. Um, you know, because the controllers are paid, the more airspace you add, the more controllers you have to have on. Therefore the membership price goes up. Um, the, uh, second uh, reason is um, just because of the amount of uh, complexity that it would add to everything and also how much it would tr draw out the level of traffic that exists, right? So if you have uh, 20 pilots and you put them all within, uh, say, we'll just go to the extreme and just say, you know, one small 20 mile radius, it's going to be a busy airspace. If you now broaden that out, you take 20 pilots and scatter them throughout the United States in various locations, you're going to be all alone. So there's a mixture there between um, having too much airspace, but also having enough that it's enticing to people and still to create a busy-ish atmosphere within the sim. So between the, uh, the costs for the user that would, that would go up, um, the complexity of having to manage uh, an entire country's worth of airspace from an operations side. What I mean by that is that uh, the controllers all use real world procedures, you know, real world SIDs, STARS, things like that. So to have to essentially retrain controllers on so much of this information every single month when this stuff updates, whether it's just a SID or a STAR or a new procedure or what have you, um, the, the operating cost would, would skyrocket for that. So anyways, I say all that just that if you're if you are having that, oh man, that's too bad. They don't cover the East Coast. Um, just keep me you up. Know, remember what I said at first, the founder and CEO chose to have the coverage area on the Western United States, despite him living in New Jersey and flying out of New Jersey. Um, and, and the reason for that is just because of the diverse uh, airspace that you get out West. Um, you've got everything, desert flying, mountainous flying, coastal flying, 
Uh, you've got everything out there. And there's also, you have very um, diverse airspace. You've got a ton of, um, you know, Bravos, Charlies, Deltas. Of course, the East Coast has that too. But, um, you know, as far, I think just overall, the amount of, of diverse and complexity flying out West is it's maybe a little bit higher. Um, you know, a, a sectional is a sectional, a class Delta is a class Delta. The rules and regs don't change. You still need your two-way radio communications. Um, the ILS is the ILS. It's, you know, it's um, it's not an excuse if you you know blow a whole short a whole short line that you know I'm sorry tower it's my first day or first time flying the airport they're not just going to say okay no problem you know just you know next time though we, we're going to expect you to do it right um, so it, anyways it, all that to say that we you can find an airport or airspace that's very similar to where you fly out of in the real world and still get just as much out of it in the sim because you're now adding the ATC into it. At some point, you're going to leave that comfortable, familiar, cozy airspace mm-hmm. that you call home. And if you're too comfortable and not familiar with how to read those charts and diagrams and operate within that system, yeah, you might find yourself in some complicated situations. So yeah, that's, exactly. I, I think that's a great point. It doesn't matter where in the country you're doing your simming, but the, the service is available. So that's what we try and really stress to people. And it's one thing that, you know, it's something they don't really realize until they try it. But once, once they try it, they say, you know what? Yeah, this, you know, I can still relate this back to my home airport, even though I'm on the other side of the country in the sim. So I'm going to transition us to, you guys have some sort of a little event coming up, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I keep seeing it on the internet. It must be kind of a big deal. So yeah, um, let's talk about SimVenture. Let's talk about SimVenture. So yeah, it's a virtual Oshkosh. Essentially, is is the the main um, thing behind it, and the the kicker is that it's it. Uh, we have the actual Oshkosh controllers who work up at AirVenture, so wow. it's it's um it, it's a lot of fun. It's really something unlike anything that the flight simulator world has ever seen before, aside from the other two times that we've done it in the past two years. Um, but each year we keep getting it bigger and bigger and. And the, re- the, the reason it's so unique is truly because of the talent we have with the actual controllers. You know, I did mention earlier that on the everyday Pilot Edge network, you can't tell the difference, but there's something about Oshkosh and the way that it is, it is worked by the controllers, you know, everything from the wing rocks to the very specific, I mean, it's, if you listen to the tapes, it's, you know, the controllers really are like, they're flying your plane for you. I mean, you know, as far as their, their verbiage and, you know, keeping there, keeping there, keeping there, you know, hard turn, hard turn, keep going, keep going. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, you, you talk about, or you, you hear about the blue angels or the Thunderbirds and, and their cadence that the boss has with, you know, a little more pull. And it's a very similar thing with, with something like Oshkosh, where um, the controllers have this cadence that just really, it, it just really entices the pilot to do exactly what they are saying in this, this way that, you know, no one, no one rehearses this, no one knows, but there's just a way that, uh, that you can say something and, and make the pilot do it. And these guys and gals are so great at doing that. And you just, you see them hop on pilot edge and, and you, you fly the Fisk arrival in the sim and you, it just puts a giant smile on your face, aside from all the sweat that's tripping down your, your forehead, um, because it's just, it's nothing like you've ever experienced before with the amount of pressure you're feeling in your simulator in, a, in the most fun way possible, but also uh, the most realistic way that you can think of. So uh, the purpose behind SimVenture is to hold a virtual Oshkosh. And the real, the real reason is to prepare people who are actually going to fly to AirVenture. And that's the, that's the honest mission behind the event is to take someone who's planning to fly to AirVenture at the end of July here and give them a way to practice the Fisk arrival in a very practical and realistic setting ahead of time. And that's both to make them comfortable, to make them more proficient, and to make to make AirVenture safer for everyone, both in the air and on the ground. Um, a terrific byproduct of that is that if you are not flying to AirVenture, and maybe you're not even a, a real pilot, you're just a sim enthusiast, you can still participate. Um, so it's, you know, we're there for the real world pilots and to prepare them ahead of time. But if you are not a pilot or just a pilot not flying to, to AirVenture for this year, uh, you know, you can still have a blast and experience it all in the sim uh, just a week and a half ahead of time. That's awesome. So you said you've been doing this for about, you said this will be the This is number month? three. This is year, thir- okay. year three. Yes. So how did you guys come up with this concept of, hey, let's do a, a virtual AirVenture? Yeah, so this was actually pre-COVID. This was back maybe December. Uh, I'd say I'm going to call it January of 2020. Uh, it was 100% pre-COVID, though, at least pre-US COVID. 
And, um, you know, I, I went to Keith, uh, founder and CEO, and I said, you know, I said, Keith, you know, it's, it, the company had been around for six or seven years at the time. I said, you know, I think that we have the talent, the knowledge, uh, the user base, and most importantly, the technology to pull off something like a virtual Oshkosh. It had really never been done the same. Some, some people had tried, you know, they, they did their best with it, but the difference of the technology that Pilot Edge has where um, the refresh rate of the wing rocks and everything is so great that everything, you know, works well that way. And and so he gave me the green light. He said, you know what, go, go run with it. I'll, I'll say he gave me the yellowish green light. He said, uh, <laughs> you know, he said, let's, let's see what you can do and we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, but he, he did, you know, he didn't shut me down and he believed in me. And so I, I took, uh, you know, I, I took a little kind of beta group of about 20 people um, who were kind of frequented pilots of, of the pilotage network. And I reached out, I said, Hey, you know, this is, kind of top seeker right now, but we're considering doing a virtual Oshkosh and we need to kind of do some testing to see if this concept would actually work in the sim. Uh, everything from the wing rocks to being able to see other airplanes. I mean, obviously you can see other airplanes. That's the whole pilot edge and, and multiplayer atmosphere that you get on the, on the network every day. But can you actually see them as far as following them half mile and trail down the railroad tracks? And that was, you know, that was an unknown. Um, you know, could the controllers see the airplanes from the ground, things like that. So we uh, within the sim, of course. So we did some test runs. Uh, they went very well. And I said, you know what? I think we could actually do this. I went to Keith. He said, okay, let's do it. And so then uh, COVID hit. Uh, March 2020, uh, you know, the world changed forever. And EAA said, uh, no air venture. And at that point, it was kind of on us. We said, you know what? This We were already kind of planning this. And now more than ever, we need to follow through on this and give people a reason to still fly the Fisk arrival in 2020 um, and still have some fun when everyone was having such a terrible summer. And so we, uh, we, we you know, took it by the horns. Uh, we reached out to NACA, National Air Traffic Control Association, and we got uh, the contacts of, of some interested individuals who were, uh, were you know, former and, and current uh, air venture controllers. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, the controllers are not actually based in Oshkosh. They are all from all over the country at various towers, and they bid. Uh, they bid every year to go to Oshkosh and work air venture. They use their own leave. It's a voluntary thing. They don't get any bonuses to do it. They just do it because they love it. They love their job. They love aviation. They love the the whole week of air venture. So, with that said, um, they were more than willing to help us do a virtual event, especially in the time that, you know, was summer of 2020. And um, so we did it. It was great. It was fun. Um, and we had over 1,100 arrivals in four days wow. um, operating just, we operate about three to four hours every day. So um, it was busy. I mean, it, we created a very busy uh, Oshkosh in the sim. And so then fast forward to last year, 2021, we said, you know, I mean, we had everyone begging us to do it again. And we said, of course, we're gonna do it again. It was a, it was a great success. And so um, we, but, you know, last year difference was air venture was going to happen. So instead, um, instead of doing it, basically the, the week of air venture, we decided, let's make this more of a training event instead of a kind of a nostalgic event that was 2020. Um, we said, Hey, let's really turn this into a training mission and allow people a chance to fly in the sim beforehand, because that's really, you know, no one should, uh, in my opinion, no one should be discouraged from going to air venture because they're nervous or too scared to do the, to do the arrival. I think it's, it's, um, it's such a cool procedure. It's, there's so much, uh, adrenaline behind it and so much, you know, pressure and all that in a great way. And so, you know, why not allow people to alleviate some of that stress in the sims? So they can go in very, um, very familiar with the procedures. And so anyways, we, we took that approach last year, um, and it went terrifically. And, and so we're, we're taking the same approach again this year. And every year we've added a little bit. So the first year was just the Fisk arrival, just some, you know, just piston engines. Um, last year we added the Warbird arrival, which is uh, for those unfamiliar, it, it, that's the arrival for uh, turboprops and jets as well, uh, all VFR, mind you. And then uh, we also added, um, and this is kind of where the technology plays in. So last year we added something called the virtual, uh, I'm sorry, something called dynamic flagmen. And so what we do there, we, uh, whether it's FSX, uh, Lockheed Martin's prepared, X-Plane 11 or Microsoft Flights in 2020, we have custom scenery um, for all the sims and specifically uh, FSX, I'm sorry, no, specifically uh, FS 2020 and X-Plane look phenomenal. 
um, as far as the amount of detail and, and you know, uh, objects that are that are in the sim. Um, but what we were able to do last year and what we'll certainly do again this year is we created a technology called Dynamic Flagman, where we can inject Flagman in real time to um, point people in specific directions around the field. So for those familiar with AirVenture, or I should say those who aren't, uh, when you when you taxi around, there is no ground control. You're just looking for flagmen who are in these vests with flags, and they will direct you around the airport. Um, you don't call ground. You you just you just go, and and the people point you into the right direction. And so that's what we have as well. Um, so you land, you follow the flagmen to parking, or you you know, you're coming out, you follow the flagmen to the runway. And so we're able to do that also with injecting these these dynamic flagmen. So. That was kind of the big improvement last year was the warbird arrival and the flagman. And then this year we're taking all that and we're adding uh, jets into it as well. I should say, sorry, last year we had the warbird arrival for turboprops only. This year we're also allowing small jets, um, pretty much your kind of like your single pilot uh, type jets, so like phenoms and, and smaller. Um, so I expect like the Cirrus Vision jet will be pretty popular because it's an X-plane default airplane. Uh, certainly the, the CJ uh that's in um, FS 2020 is going to be a popular one. Um, so those kind of airplanes that, that we're looking for on the Warbird arrival. So it's all still VFR though. Um, then the other big thing we're adding this year is a fly to win contest. We've got a prize pool worth over $2,500. And every time you take off or land at Oshkosh, you get automatically entered to win uh, one of the prizes within the prize pool, which um, some of the top items are uh, in, uh, um, uh, Bose A20 headset uh, sponsored by Bose. And nice. then uh, we also have a uh, some some things from Thrustmaster. Their uh, their Boeing captain, their Boeing yoke from Thrustmaster. The Airbus captain's pack from Thrustmaster, which are um, you know some joysticks and yokes for your simulator. We've got uh, a joystick from I'm sorry, a yoke from Honeycomb, um, and some other various items as well. So uh, every time you take her off or land, you get you get uh, one entry into that contest, and then you'll be randomly uh, selected at the end. And um, some people walk away with some pretty cool prizes. That's really so cool. I know. Too. I know what I'm going to so be doing cool. tomorrow before I go to school. I'm going to grab a Xbox. I'm going to download somehow. I don't know how I'm going to do it because I don't have I don't have internet here outside of my iPad. I'm going to download FX, FS2020 and I'm going to do this. Well, unfortunately, we don't work on the Xbox. So oh, how it is is only oh, for PC and uh, or Mac for, for X-Plane as well. So um, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be on the PC. There is no way. Uh, currently to hook up your your Xbox to any sort of uh, air traffic control network. Um, the, the add-ons for Xbox are really lacking as far as the interface and how to do that. So uh, yeah, you, you'll need a PC to do that or, or like I said, a Mac for X-Plane as well. Um, but you know, even if you have a, a dinky little laptop, uh, FSX will, will do the job as well. Uh, you know, back in the day, FSX took a computer about the this, the same value as what would run FS 2020 today, but now uh, any little thing you'd find on the side of the road could run FSX. That, that's very true. I might, I might still try to download on my Surface. Sure. I mean, who knows? Yeah, You're not on try. this yet, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Fight for it. Right. Um, we also have a uh, our own notice, previously known as the NOTAM, but it is uh, now this year in 2022, EAA has changed the name from NOTAM to NOTICE. So we have done the same. Uh, we write our own notice. Um, it, it mirrors the EAA procedures, but the only reason we write our own is for the little things um, like the little, uh, for instance, uh, reminding people you have to fly with um, clear skies and, and calm winds. Um, that's always a requirement just because if one person has a headwind, one person has a tailwind, it's really going to screw everything up. Sure. So, um, and also <laughs> if, if there's a storm that rolls through Oshkosh that day, we don't want SimVenture to be, uh, to be affected with that. But, you know, all in all, this this is the only way that pilots can actually practice the Fisk arrival in a practical means. Um, if you were to take your airplane to up, up to Oshkosh today, uh, the beginning of July, and call up Oshkosh Tower, you're not going to get a dot to land on. You're not gonna, they're not going to tell you to rock your, rock your wings. Um, it, in fact, Oshkosh Tower is, is just a bunch of contract controllers. They're not even FAA Tower. That's not to belittle them or discount them by any means. But my point in saying that is just that it's a very standard, simple class delta airport 51 weeks out of the year um so you know sure you could go technically fly up the railroad tracks right now but no one's going to tell you to do anything and you're just going to calling oshkosh tower like you would any class delta they're going to just kind of tell you to make straight in for a runway and you're clear to land um it's going to be you know there's going to be no real value behind it other than getting the lay of the land at the airport which you could just do on google earth so 
Uh, I, I think that being able to actually do this in your simulator and hear what the kinds of words that ATC is using, the kind of cadence they use, um, you know, the various procedures, uh, that's, that's really where it, uh, the value comes. And, you know, we encourage people to fly the arrival as many times as they want throughout all four days. We hold the events July 14th through 17th. Um, we, again, we run between three and four hours every day. That's posted online at pilotedge.net slash simventure. And we, uh, we encourage people to fly as many times as possible. That's kind of one of the big operational differences between SimVenture and AirVenture is that at AirVenture, you fly in, you land, you park, and you stay a while. In SimVenture, you really have no reason to park and stay a while because it's just in the sim. So we encourage people to land and actually taxi right back for takeoff. So we actually kind of have this big loop of airplanes that will, you know, they land and they taxi and they take off. They come back around, they fly up the tracks, they land, they taxi, take off, and they do it all over again. And the reason for that is because not only uh, do you have the railroad track and the Fisk Avenue transitions off the Fisk arrival, but off of that, you also have the green dot, the orange dot, you know, the purple dot, whatever it might be. The odds of you flying two consecutive um, uh, approaches of the same nature uh, you know, landing on the same dot, getting the same transition are very low. And so by flying the approach numerous times, not only are you gaining more entries into the contest, uh, but you're, you're familiarizing yourself all the more with all the procedures that, uh, that, that AirVenture has to offer. So cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really neat concept. I'm, I was intrigued by it when we first saw your information about it. So I'm really glad that this worked out. That you can yeah, like chat with you. us about this. So absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to add about SimVenture or plug anything else with that? Yeah, I'd say I, I earlier I did say, you know, 20 bucks a month for Pilot Edge, um, but everyone is afforded a free trial as well. So if you have not tried Pilot Edge, um, wait until, and, and the free, I should say the free trial is two weeks of, um, uh, two weeks past your um, sign up date or five hours of network connectivity time. So we are actually now within two weeks of um, SimVenture ending. Uh, it ends on the 17th. So therefore you could go sign up for Pilot Edge today. And as, um, you know, as long as you don't burn through all five hours of your network connectivity time, uh, you'll be good to fly for you know, five hours of SimVenture, which is, should, should be enough to get you two or three times down the tracks at least. So uh, I would encourage everyone to do that, especially if, you know, if money has always been kind of the, the stopping factor or the coverage area, you know, you live in Florida or whatever it is, and, and you know, that's always been your, your hesitation to get pilot edge. Um, give this a try. You're, you're going to have the most fun you've ever had in your sim. I can pretty much guarantee it. And uh, you might, you know, you might exhaust all five hours and want to pay 20 bucks a month to keep going at least for uh, for sim venture week. So, uh, you know, it's completely up to you there. Also, if you're listening to this and you don't have a sim, um, there is still time, you know, like, like you all were saying, uh, if you have an existing computer, give it a try. Um, you know, you can grab FSX on Amazon for probably 10 bucks or less eBay, maybe. Um, and, and I use FSX as an example, just because it, it, you know, you could run it on a potato, um, versus, <laughs> you know, you, you need a, it, 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 but if you have a gaming computer, then all the, all, all the better you can, you know, X-Plane 11 or Microsoft Flight Sim 2020 to enter the, um, the 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 common the the modern day flight simulator uh, world, so um, you know don't don't give up thinking oh you know this would have been really fun if I'd known about this a month ago and I would have had time no you know if you if you have access to a computer you should be able to make this happen um, and you know just go grab yourself a twenty dollar joystick um, you know and, and again you know X uh, X plane or um, or Microsoft Flights in twenty twenty or FSX um, you know load it up on your computer and, and get going awesome. I might just have to get on there too. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to see you there. And then you guys, uh, you know, I sent you the, the video, uh, I'm sorry, the, the photos of your, your Midwest podcast. Tent. Yes. That is awesome. So, That's very cool. So yeah, you'll, you'll, see that. That. <laughs> you'll see that when, uh, yeah, everyone, everyone will, uh, yeah, everyone has a, has a great time checking out the scenery too. I mentioned that, you know, we put out the custom scenery for, uh, for the Oshkosh for the Sims and there's, it's a lot of fun just to, just to taxi around and, and see, kind of who's there and who's not there really, but you know, who's there without being there. Right? <laughs> um, and just, you know, we're, we're so grateful for all our sponsors um, who have helped us out in getting the word out because, you know, behind our mission of preparing pilots to fly into AirVenture, uh, it, it only works if people know about SimVenture. And uh, unfortunately, many, many, many people will not hear about SimVenture, but, you know, we try and hit as many as we can. And, and I encourage everyone listening to tell their friends, if you know of someone heading up to AirVenture this year, you know, say, Hey, I heard this podcast. They were talking about this thing called SimVenture and it 
sounds like it's it would actually make flying into Oshkosh a lot safer for you and you should check it out. So pilotedge.net slash simventure, social media at pilotedgeatc on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and you can find all the information there. Wonderful. We'll make sure we pass that information along. We'll include all those links in our show notes as well for everyone who is interested. And we will uh, kind of see you there. <laughs> exactly. We will virtually, we'll virtually see you there. See you there. Um, I did want to point Thanks. out one quick thing. Um, I noticed in looking at Brian Turner from uh, Just Plain Silly, mm-hmm. his, his page, his tent is a little too close to us for the restraining order <laughs> that, that he has against us. <laughs> Um, so we might have to move just to make sure we don't violate that. And he calls like the, the cops or the virtual police or the FISDO. So well, we'll just, we'll just pull a, we'll pull a bonanza between you guys' tents and that'll kind of keep you guys Perfect. on the, the right, the right side of the wings of each other. Okay. We like it. Perfect. So before we go, like with every guest, yes. um, we need to find out what your unpopular aviation opinion is. Yes. So my unpopular us? opinion is that, uh, that flight simulators can be a very valuable training tool um, for real world flying. You know, a lot of people see them as just uh, toys or games. Um, you know, people might walk into a house and see a joystick sitting there and say, oh, that's that's fun. You must do some barrel rolls and in that new flight simulator that came out. <laughs> um, but that's, that's not true. Flight simulators can truly be a very valuable asset to your flight training and furthermore, your flight proficiency uh, once you're already a rated pilot. Uh, for a, for a very low cost, you know, really a one-time upfront cost of of uh, getting the sim, which you know might be several thousand uh, dollars if you're if you're looking to really get something of of a lot of um, uh, I don't want to say value because you can still get a lot of value out of a, an exp- inexpensive simulator, which is a joystick. But uh, if you want to get something very you know fancy with you know an actual G one thousand unit that's sitting on your desktop to to really uh, hone in on that muscle memory of of pushing and, and twisting and pressing buttons, um, you know, it, it, it is going to run you several thousand dollars. But, you know, in the end, it will pay for itself and you, know, you can't put a price on safety. Amen to that. I like Absolutely. it. I, I'd say, like, think of another one because, like, you're right. It's not even an <laughs> opinion. You're just right. <laughs> well, yeah, unfortunately, there, there are there are people who, who you know, at least maybe disagree is the wrong word but initially they would say oh you know i, I don't need a flight simulator that's just a toy you know i i fly all the time my own oh for sure and so um or you know or some people's simulator experiences have not been great you know they they tried the old frasca at their at their uh flight school or their old redbird at their flight school and you know it just wasn't wasn't great or they didn't have good instruction or good training on how to use it and how to really maximize it that's one thing that we actually see with pilot edge is is people that just they sign up and they say, well, now what do I do? It's like, well, go fly. And they say, yeah, but what, what do I do? And that's where the cat ratings, you know, I talk about communication, airspace training ratings, and then the I ratings. That's where those come in handy. People like having some sort of mission and, and kind of itinerary to follow, um, especially when it's really challenging them, teaching them and, and pushing their limits. So, uh, you know, but it, the pilot's community is so great. Um, there's a, a big discord community. If, if you're on discord, pilotedge.net slash discord, you can get, uh, get in with that find some people to fly with virtually, you know, do some group flights, uh, load up at, a, at an airport, a non-towered airport, and just, you know, bomb the pattern with, you know, eight or nine airplanes all, you know, uh, with constant radio chatter. So there's a lot of fun you can have in the sim when you add that multiplayer and ATC uh, atmosphere to it. And, you know, while it's also fun, it's also a great training experience as well. In unrelated news, um, we're going to discontinue the podcast because we're probably just going to be flight sending from now on. So... <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to have time to make this podcast anymore. So thanks a lot, Kevin. Welcome to the uh, Midwest Flight Simming Podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, I have I have to agree with your with your sentiment of flight simulator. So no, you, you can't use flight sim for your takeoffs and landings. Yeah, sight picture, you know, yada yada yada. But where it really comes into play is, like we talked about, interacting with ATC. Maybe flying your, you know, if you're if you're a private pilot getting ready to fly your cross country solo, that's a great use of it too because you have all your VFR checkpoints, you know, your IFR procedures, sure. all that sort of stuff. So, I I wholly I wholly support and wholly agree with utilization of flight sim. So, I don't think Terrific. you're going to find a whole lot of people that'll sit there and say it's an unpopular aviation opinion. So <laughs> just gonna well, good. Go out there I'm glad. Put that out in the. Uh, <laughs> hemisphere 
well, gentlemen and and, uh, and lady, I, I appreciate you you having me on. Um, it's been a pleasure to to meet you all, and I'm glad we were able to make this work after several attempts. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm glad we could we could finally uh, finally schedule it and and chat with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been great having you on. Thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all have a great night. Thanks again. You too. You Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Right. Good Take night. Care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. That was so much fun to talk to him about that. Um, oh, yeah. That was great. And I wasn't kidding. Like, I I could see myself um, jumping on a flight sim program again. Um, my current computer, like he says, um, FSX runs on a potato, essentially. So I'm going to try <laughs> that on my com- current computer because... FS2020 does not like my computer. So no. this gives me a reason to go check that out again. My computer is a potato. It's so. a potato. <laughs> go to SimVenture, guys. If you have a Sim, just go. Do just the do thing. It. Get your free trial of, of Pilot Edge and like skedaddle over and do the Fisk arrival. It's fun. It's terrifying not- in real life, but it's fun. I'm sure in the Sim. So I'm going to spoil something here before we get into the next section here. One of the reasons I want to do this is because as opposed to previously advertised on this specific podcast, um, I will not be able to attend Oshkosh this year. I was really hoping to get out there, do some camping, um, but some scheduling things have come up with work and family stuff. And I've just, unfortunately, not going to be able to make it. So the next best thing, I want to fly into Sin Venture. It's going to be a blast. If you guys, if any of you are going to the real Oshkosh, I will be there either for most of the week or all of the week. We will see. I will try to wear brightly colored t-shirts and act as obnoxiously as possible so you know I'm there. <laughs> so you and 1.5 million other people. You know what, Trevor? You underestimate how obnoxious I can be. <laughs> That's going in the bloopers. Yay! <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna try to see if I can make a t-shirt. And you will certainly be representing the Flying Midwest Podcast crew there. Well. So if there are any of our listeners who are gonna be at Oshkosh reach out to us. Maddie would love to meet you. I'm going to find an alternative event somewhere around the Midwest in the next couple of weeks to grace you with my presence at. Should (laughs) any of you want to meet a bozo like me? (laughs) Hey, if they want to meet a bozo like me, I'm sure they wouldn't mind meeting a bozo like me. It'll it'll be wonderful. So um, just a way for us to try to connect with the community a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe I'll show up at that, the Air Expo. Check that out. You should go in my stead, please. So on the topic of Oshkosh, what do we got coming up next time, Trevor? We have uh, Mr. Eric White, pilot aviation enthusiast, been to Oshkosh every year. Also owns a chipmunk that he's uh, gone in and out of Oshkosh many, many times. Um, he's going to talk about uh, Air Venture Cup, which is the uh, the cross-country air race going into Oshkosh. That sounds really cool. Look forward to it. So as we prepare for Oshkosh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have anything you want us to chat about, Um, Go ahead and send us a message on any of our social media, and we'd love to share your comments on the podcast. So until next time, see ya! See ya! See ya! Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day. Hallelujah, we actually finished the freaking episode. (laughs) I thought it would never end. This episode is brought to you by Aviatrix Airmail. You guys are lucky that I took time out of my day to come do this podcast. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) You know you're hearing that again, right? (laughs) Yes. And and maybe a multi-engine commercial rating. And, maybe a commer- and, maybe a CFI job for Maddie. And a CFI job for Maddie. <laughs> and, you know and, what you sound and, like right now? You sound like a little kid on Santa's lap making your wish list. <laughs> and and, and I, Jim's commercial rating. I want I want uh, a fire truck and 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 a football and a Red Rider BB gun. The pilot well, truck is not bit. a joke, Maddie. <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke. <laughs> Michael, the pilot pilot shortage is (laughs) Michael. (laughs) Airs beats (laughs) Battlestar Battlestar Galactica. Hello. Don't fly. Bueller. What? The hell was that noise? That's my air conditioner. Oh, oh, finally we hear the air conditioner. Now we hear the air conditioner. I thought it was. All right. All right. All right.
Welcome everyone to the puff. <laughs> Hello, to what now? That's even worse. Yingling yeah. Lager. It says enriching veterans' lives. <laughs> That's by keeping you good and hammered. You should go. It's fun. I like it. It's usually like hot as balls, but it's so much fun. That's a great this selling is point. A family. <laughs> family but, podcast. Oh sure. no, Maddie said balls. <laughs> Grounded. It's in the month, which is July. Oh, God, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Which is known by some cultures to be July. (laughs) It is known by many cultures, dating back into ancient times as July, which comes from the Greek Latin phrase meaning hot as balls. (laughs) 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 All right. So with the events out of the way, Trevor, we... Oh, man, I can't even say that. Would you, hey, Maddie, you want to give it a shot? All right. I, Absolutely one more, not. One more, one more shot. One more try. I promise I'll do better. The sky is now orange. It used to be yellow. It was very interesting. That's why I kept like looking out my window. Oh, really look, at look, look at that. We kind of know what we're doing now. Absolutely. We are almost a real podcast. Almost. We're so close. We can see it. I think we just need t-shirts first. Yeah. Then that makes us a real podcast. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to leave Trevor and neither do we, but... Alas, it is the end of the podcast. Alas? What are we at a Renaissance Festival? You guys are lucky that I took time out of my day to come do this podcast.